Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The following is a presentation of the Speed Sport Podcast Network. Mike Wallace doesn't have all that much driving experience. For the last three or four years, he's put in his views in this business. Mike Wallace comes down to the line. He'll pick up the win. It's fast car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace. The battle's for the lead. Mike Wallace gets by Jason Leffler. Mike Wallace comes off turn number four. A great move in that corner. He comes to the line and will win. From grassroots to the top of the racing world. Hear the stories of NASCAR's biggest names and how they made it all the way. Who was Tony Stewart before he was Tony Stewart? I could barely make enough money to pay attention, let alone to try to survive. From the Speed Sport Podcast Studios, powered by My Race Pass, here are your hosts, Mike Wallace and Jeff Kent. Welcome to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace, part of the Speed Sport Podcast Network, powered by My Race Pass. My name is Jeff Kent. Strap yourselves in, pull those belts tight. We'll take you on a journey from short tracks across America to super speedways and everything in between. We're brought to you today by Brady Mechanical Services, HVAC install, maintenance, and repair. Brady Mechanical Service at gmail.com. Today's guest, Mike, driver, team owner, co owner of Rackley War, a team that competes full time in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series and in late model racing. He previously competed as a driver in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, the Truck Series, including a full season in 2007 when he won Rookie of the Year honors and the Arkham Menard Series. 29 races over five years in Xfinity, 35 races over seven years in trucks with a couple of top tens. After several years out of NASCAR, it was announced he would return to the sport as an owner and would start a full-time team in the Truck Series in 2021 with Curtis Sutton, the owner of Rackley Roofing. With their co-ownership, they named the team Rackley War, Rackley for Sutton's company, and War for Willie Allen Racing. You guessed it. The team fields the number 25 Chevy Silverado for Matt DiBenedetto, and they got their first win at Talladega over the weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, Willie Allen. Willie, say hi to Mike Wallace. Hey, Mike, how's it going? We are excited and doing well, man. First of all, we're going to jump right into congratulations for Talladega. <laughs> that has got to feel great. Talladega. Talladega, baby. That's big. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't believe it, man. I'm still in shock. I still, like, wake up every morning like, does this really happen? You know what I mean? It's something you you dream of and you think about all the time. And, you know, you, you work, just work all the hours you possibly can and do everything you can to make the team better and you know like all the guys on the team and uh man it finally comes together you know how it is you lose a bunch that you think you should have uh should have won and then something you know falls your way and uh man it's so exciting for, for all of us well first of all as we've all jeff and i both said congratulations it's way cool and uh you know, you and I have known each other for quite some time, not not close in any way. We've competed against each other. And uh, for the people that don't know, and we're going to come back to the start of your career in a moment, but you are the, you know, the, the F Nashville Fairgrounds legend, first of all. You win a lot of races down there. Then you go around the country setting up people's race cars and having people bring their cars to you. So in the race world, like everybody knows who you are because 
you're badass at what you do. And now here to be a, a team owner is so cool. So exciting. It just seems, it still don't seem real, to be honest with you, man. It's just, you know, as a kid dreaming of just being able to do something you love to do and just always, always wanted to be in racing and, and, and really drive race cars, just be involved with it. Anything, you know, racing, I would take, take my lawnmower apart as a kid or my dad's golf cart and just put it back together and try to make it faster. Um, my parents were ball and stick sports people. So I didn't really see a path for a while in racing. Um, but, but to have, to be able to do something that I love to do and, and get a win at it. And, and, uh, man, so, uh, so thankful, so blessed, you know, God's blessed me to be able to do something I love to do. It's just so cool. Well, great. Well, we're, you kind of hit on it there for a minute, but the, the concept of the show in the whole world, as uh, Jeff says, is listening. So you, <laughs> you've got millions and millions from around the world. Literally. Uh, uh, let's back up to early in time in Willie Allen's life career. You just said mom and dad were more a stick and ball sport. Uh, when did you first realize you wanted to have any involvement with motorsports? Or when did you take your first lawnmower apart? For what reason? Oh, really, you know, uh, just watching racing as a kid, just having um, four-wheelers and stuff. I had a couple cousins that had three-wheelers and four-wheelers, and, you know, we'd race around the yard and pretend we were, you know, Richard Petty or, you know, Sterling Marlin or Dale Earnhardt, you know, and those guys. And, uh, you know, and my cousins had – they were kind of the first in the family. They had a late-model truck that they raced at the fairgrounds in Nashville. And um, – you know, I was playing basketball at the time and they were telling me about going, you know, going with them some weekend to watch them race. And they invited me on the weekend and, you know, went up there and I was already in love with racing and, and knew that's what I always wanted to do, but just didn't have any idea how to get there. I had no idea how to start racing go-karts or anything like that. And my parents didn't, and they definitely didn't even want to think about me racing because mom was kind of a, I guess we call it helicopter mom back in the day. Helicopter <laughs> like mom. She didn't want me to race and get hurt. And, oh. uh, you know, so she, uh, <laughs> it was always mom yeah. who was scared the kid was going to get yeah. hurt, right? Yeah. And we've heard that story so many times. And it's usually about, well, they start out racing motorcycles. Well, mom was nervous they were going to get hurt on a motorcycle. So, boom, put four wheels under them. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, Willie, yeah. what what age were you about when? year wise when you when this was taking place when you leave so that was that was 13 or 14 i you know back then i was kind of a, a young racer but now it'd be i'd be old I, we were <laughs> just going to say jeff and yeah. i've talked about you if you didn't have your if you don't have a career in place now when you're 13 or 14 yeah you might as well give up right you're in somebody's <laughs> development sure. program when you're 12 or something yeah. like that yeah yeah. So I went with them to the races a little bit, you know, watching them, helping them, still playing basketball, trying to work on a basketball career, thinking I was going to make it in basketball. Of course, I was pretty short for the basketball world. But uh, so I, I met my girlfriend in high school, my wife now, Kristen. Um, and, you know, we're I was still doing basketball. I still love messing with anything mechanical, four-wheelers. I wanted to race them and lowered trucks and all that but i was just turned 16 and and her dad keith had a racing go-kart shop at, at her house um they had a shop and he built casey atwood's go-kart motors and um a bunch of people in the southeast so i i talked to him you know told him just always interested and went with him to a go-kart race and then started working with him after school you know a few hours at a time um so actually, I didn't even want the money. I just wanted to put the money towards buying my first go-kart. So, you know, I got that. I got up enough hours and bought my first go-kart. My parents, actually, they came to my first race because they were very supportive of anything I did. And uh, and just kind of snowballed from there, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, so the first go-kart race you did, tell me what kind of go-kart you had. Where would you race that at? Did you take it by yourself? Somebody help you take it? Uh, the girlfriend's dad? What, what have we got there? So, yeah, the girlfriend, uh, Kristen, my wife, Kristen, girlfriend back then, her dad, Keith, we actually put it in the back of this truck. It was a, a straight rail go-kart. We raced on an oval dirt track, <laughs> just kind of, you know, just a makeshift, figure I was going to tear it up. But actually, it was called Rally Hill, Tennessee, near Columbia, near Sterling's area out there. Um, Star Star Starlin's area. Yeah. Starlin's Starlin. 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 
Uh, so, so, yeah, I took that there. Cuckoo's boy. <laughs> we, we hate to do that, but we've learned over a year of doing shows, everybody's got a little bit of a, a cool accent or a phrase, and Sterling has been a, a legend, you know, I mean, forever, and especially all the guys down there. And Plus, the he was kind of a fast talker, so yeah, that made it even more fun. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so, yeah, he's he's a legend in our area for sure, man. He's a, he's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. <laughs> no, uh, it'll happen. So yeah, we were there actually. <laughs> finished third, my first race, spinning backwards across the start finish line. I actually spun off four and slid backwards, third place. We won't we won't say how many carts are out there though. <laughs> oh, uh, hey, let me let me hey, tell you what I tell everybody. Third place, right? You never tell how many That's people right. <laughs> that you were there. You just tell them where you finished. You yeah, know exactly. Yeah. I, I first race ever finished third. Yeah. Jeff's yeah. heard this story before. I used to back when I first started cup racing. I go do some appearances. You know, on a Thursday night, Heilig Myers was my sponsor then, and you show up and you know we qualified like crap. It was like thirty seven, thirty eighth, and person standing in line well how'd you qualify today i go oh i qualified 37th oh great good job didn't tell them there's only 40 cars but <laughs> you know made myself feel good that's 37 that fastest in the world in the though, world Mike. right yeah exactly yeah. that's right that's right yeah Heck yeah so uh getting back to the go-kart you, you there was probably 40 cars in the race and you finished third backwards so we're probably Somewhere, there. yeah Somewhere close yeah yeah and so yep. as you're uh, progressing there, you, you have a great finish for your first race, a little backwards. But moving on from there, do you continue to go-kart race for a period of time? Or is that a sh something that's short-lived? Or how'd that work? No, so I go-kart raced for two or three years there. And, and fortunately won a bunch of races. Um, won some of the national championship deals um, for, I think it was IKF or one of those. And couple of different classes just kind of racing around the, the southeast there um you know everywhere we could asphalt and dirt uh, my parents got involved you know they were all in um and just helping where they could and keith my father-in-law you know doing that and uh and in that meantime he actually had got a truck and was racing a little bit at nashville so i would go go up there with him to just kind of get more of an insight on how that was all all working now just to clarify for everybody a truck at the fairgrounds is not the same thing as a camping world truck that you won at it with talladega this weekend correct it's a different correct. It's, it's a late model truck which it, you know they got a bunch of different truck series around the around the country but um so it's 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 like a late model you know fabricated front clip really nice expensive truck you know it was a really nice class they had back then and you know, they would get 40 trucks, you know, a weekend. Um, and they raced on TNN. I don't know if you remember that channel, but they had Friday Night Motor Madness. They would race the trucks in late models about three or four times a year. So that was always the selling point to sponsors that, you know, hey, you get to be on TV at Nashville along with the regular weekly shows, you know. Oh, great. Yeah, I did some broadcasting. Did you know that, Jeff? I did some work for TNN. I knew yeah. that you were a broadcast professional, yes. Yeah, broadcast uh, professional, yes. I knew that. Yes. They used to run some truck series up at the Concord Speedway. Yeah. I went up there one time and, and actually got to drive one of them. Yeah. Well, Back in the day well, when I was a driver. Willie, right? what you don't know is Jeff <laughs> Kent was, uh, besides the uh, legend in broadcasting here in town, John Boyne, Billy Show's <laughs> famous, he's a... Uh, He's quite the wheel man himself. But I used to be, Mike. Oh, no. <laughs> Back in my younger days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the trucks that they run at Nashville, and we're talking about the Nashville Fairgrounds that has been famous forever and ever, and it seems that there's a revitalization going on down there now, or at least the talk of, with Speedway Motorsports and Dale Earnhardt Jr. throwing his support behind it. And uh, so you, you raced at the fairgrounds in the truck series. Well, so I was helping my father-in-law a little bit, and then as I was racing go-karts, I met a guy named Wendell Mobley, a real famous songwriter. At the time I met him, he hadn't had any number one hits. Um, we kind of parked beside each other at the go-kart track. He raced go-karts, and he raced in a different class. He raced in heavy, and I raced in light and medium, and became real good friends with him, and uh, man, his career started to take off. He uh, His first hit was Kenny Chesney, How Forever how forever feels and got to go to the number one party with that deal so he 
Totally yes, a good apparently. friend. We were online racing, and it just, man, he, his career started taking off. So that, you know, opened our eyes to, hey, why don't, why don't I help you? He started helping me in the go-karts, you know. Oh, that was cool then, right? A lot of a, Yeah. Yeah. So then he's like, hey, let's, what do you think about trying to get a truck to run at Nashville? Because he saw Keith running a truck. So I'm like, sure, you know, let's do it. You know, I want to, you know, as a kid, you want to drive anything. And I can remember at that time, I was 17, I think, 17 or 18. And, uh, you know, all the, the old veterans at the fairgrounds, like this kid's coming out of go-karts, you know, they were all scared to death. You know, like I'm way young. Everyone else is in their late twenties, probably the next youngest guy. Now I'd be, you know, at 17, it, you, you're, you're old. Yeah. <laughs> but then I was like super young, you know, like all the guys like, Oh, you shouldn't do it. You're too young. You know, you don't need to come up here and run a truck. And then, and that less we went up there in the first race, I finished six on one of those, uh, TNN races that was on TV. Well, you, you almost made yourself a superstar that night then, didn't you? It felt like a huge win for us. You know what I mean? Like a small time team against i mean they you know had several teams that had full-time guys back then you know even back then and it was a definitely a big accomplishment for us and our our team out of my mom's uh my mom's basement you know <laughs> so so i'm listening to that i really kind of lost track for a second did you own that team yourself or and another gentleman was helping you i assume fund it or whatever or work on it uh, how did that work so basically my my parents kind of owned it with with uh wendell okay um and then we figured out really quick that we couldn't do it <laughs> we couldn't <laughs> afford it you know so uh we blew a motor the second race i think and um just because we didn't really know we, were, we couldn't afford to pay someone at the time to go out and uh, to build a motor we couldn't afford to pay someone so i had a you know everyone most everyone has someone in their family that can thinks they can build motors so we all attempted to to build our first first motor you know got it machine by machine shop in town and you know blew up either blew up one or two and then we decided that that year we were done for the year after two or three races and that was definitely a, a hit and so we somebody asked me to race their legends car i think for the rest of the year there you go and now you're talking <laughs> Jeff Katz's language. On that legend yeah. car status, let's take a break, and we're going to come right back and pick it up on legend car racing. We're talking to co-owner of Rackley, Willie Allen Racing. Willie Allen, you're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, powered by My Race Pass and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the Speed Sport Podcast Studios. You're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace. My name is Jeff Kent. We're brought to you today by Brady Mechanical Services, HVAC install, maintenance, and repair. Brady Mechanical Service at gmail.com. Co-owner of Rackley, Willie Allen Racing, and uh, the team that fields a number 25 Chevy Silverado for Matt DiBenedetto, winner over the weekend at Talladega. Willie Allen is on now, the line once again, Mike Wallace. Yeah, no, I want you, Jeff. You told me you could say Matt's completely complete name well i you know in doing my research for the show i find out that his name is matthew guido de benedetto that is slightly italiano i'm just saying willie i don't know if you ever pronounce that yourself but jeff's the only not guy i know that could pronounce it properly all the way through <laughs> i just call him matty d that's what matty d's that. a whole lot easier yeah, yeah i think that's what the race world calls him by now right so uh, yep yep so we're talking to you about your career, and it's at the Fairgrounds Motor Speedway, or Fairgrounds in Nashville, kind of where it started. And you're legends racing now. Tell us about the legends you're world. You're racing cars. You're writing country music yeah. songs. I mean, come on. <laughs> Go-karts, trucks, yep. get a little backing from a country music writer, blow yep. up a motor. And uh, he had, then he hadn't wrote a second major song yet. <laughs> so, so he ain't got so any money. You, so you're parking it for a moment, and now you're yep. legends racing. Tell us about it. Yeah, so we just finished out that year and um, running some legend races uh, in Nashville, and they had a track um, in Shovelville, Tennessee, called Twin Fountains. Really nice, really nice place um, there. Just trying to just get more seat time. I just raced go karts and just trying to race anything I could. Um, I think maybe got a win, may, may have finished second. I don't know. I don't know if I got a win or not to finish that year. Um, and in the mean, meantime, you know, we still wanted to be back in the trucks because that was the cool thing. The trucks and lay miles in Nashville was 
was so big back then that, you know, um, there's just, everyone talked about it. So like, that's where you gotta be. Right. So we, uh, my wife actually, we went married. Yeah. But Kristen was, was in college and she was trying to find me sponsorship her and one of her friends really, really hard. So she was working, which is crazy because she's so shy and quiet, but she was out trying to find me sponsor. And there was this one truck team that uh, I guess their driver had quit. That was racing the Nashville, but anyway, it was, it was Lawrenceburg Dodge in, in Milton Sierra had a truck team. They had a couple trucks. So she went down there and met with them and just kind of presented, you know, my portfolio that, and uh, got me a meeting with them at the end of that year. And they signed me for the next year to kind of run their truck deal. Um, but we actually brought that and still raced out of my mom's basement. It was two trucks. And, um, so that landed me my first basically full-time Nashville truck ride that was sponsored in a team deal. So that was so huge how, for me. How did that go when she got that arrangement made for you to go to sit down and talk to him? When you went in to, to talk to the owner, I assume, of the dealership or whatever that owned the truck team, how, how did you present yourself? How did you con- convince him he needed to uh, give you an opportunity? So his name was H.L. Stutz. Um, he, you know, I... That's a great question. I know I, you know, I had a lot of the go-kart wins and I can remember him saying, you know, the Jeff Gordon deal and NASCAR's going, you know, younger. And, you know, he was a big NASCAR fan and supporter and all that. But, you know, I think where he had seen me run our own, you know, personal truck um, that was, I mean, it had a stock style front clip, um, pretty rough truck and we ran ran good you know and i guess he whatever it was i sold you know i sold myself and the <laughs> and the team and um so got that got it nailed down you know yeah was, so uh, so he uh he sent his trucks down to your place then and did he fund the program or was it kind of a, a joint effort or was it you just so, driving for him then you know, my point? parents tried to do everything they could but you know my my mom is a secretary at a you know, a water department and my dad, uh, was no longer alive, but you, you know, back then he, uh, he worked as a, he located gas lines. So, I mean, they, you know, their funding was very, very limited. They tried to do everything they could, but so, you know, the, the Lawrenceburg Dodge funded some, and then, you know, Kristen, uh, you know, had got some funding. Um, and then I had a cousin who his business was starting to, to kick off USA laboratories. He was doing like, uh, protein powders and stuff like that. Um, so he was, he had actually made it in a fortune 500 company. So he jumped on and then Wendell helped us. So kind of a, a community, community effort, but that was definitely one of a, a big turning point in my racing career for sure to, to be able to run full time and, and, and a good equipment, you know? Yeah. So how did that season go or the next couple of seasons? Let's start with just as soon as you got in the truck, how, how did you run there? You know, it was some, some growing pains, uh, for sure. You know, we had a, a crew chief guy that had helped us some. Then we got this first, first deal. Um, he, he wanted to kind of get paid. And so it's kind of, we didn't really have the money, you know what I mean? So, you know, once you start, you know, I think we've talked about this before. Once you start racing professionally, you know, everyone expects to get paid. And sometimes it's not always available to pay for everybody. It's, it's a tough balance. There's no, it's not that much more money. So figuring that out. So, so I can remember, you know, going into that season, I had never done it. Was going to have to basically set up my own vehicles, and was absolutely terrified. You know, like so nervous. I remember actually giving myself a panic attack and having my mom take me to the to the hospital, like to, to the uh, emergency room because I thought I was having a heart attack. It was. I know it's crazy, but like I wanted it so bad, and just trying to figure out, I had no clue really what I was doing at that point but then like once i told myself that it can only be tight or loose <laughs> it's not going to go in the turn and blow up you know yeah i could i could get under I, you know i could get with that i could i could get behind that and and and, and you know relax myself to, to know that i could do it so i really started working on focusing on studying everything i could and and you know the internet wasn't crazy big back then and youtube didn't exist but reading all kinds of you know setup books and doing everything and 
and started. So, so the first of that deal was uh, a little bit of Rocky deal because I was doing setup and I was new to driving. Um, but I felt like both my crew chief hat and my driving hat was, was, was getting better. Um, I got towards the end of the season, we were struggling a little bit, just being consistent. And I got with this guy named Mike Reynolds, who had won a bunch of races in Nashville. I don't know if you remember the name, but he, I think he won the national championship one year. He came down and kind of showed me some stuff that I felt like I was missing. Kind of the first guy that I really, I guess, on that level, got with to tell me some stuff to do and, and, and different ways to think about it. And I think I finished second towards the end a few times, which was there was 30 to 40 trucks, you know, racing at that point. And uh, we kind of finished the year on that. So at the end of that year, you know, I feel like we'd, we'd gained a lot. And then going into the next year, we um, are still running, you know, second a few times, fifth, you know, kind of up and down. And then Wendell got me with this manager guy in Nashville that um, he managed Diamond Rio, Sarah Evans, and Josh Turner. So he's like, hey, you want to, you know, this guy can take you to NASCAR and, and get you with the right people. I think he he dealt with Eddie Jarvis, Tony Stewart's manager. Yeah, um, no Eddie. Different stuff. And with Diamond Rio, they were on like Chevy had an all-star truck and this and that. And, and But anyway, he came out to, to Nashville to, to watch me race. And uh, for, that was my first win is the night he came out there. Nice. That's good timing. Beautiful yeah. first impression, right? Yeah. So that couldn't have been any better. You know what I mean? So yeah. he was fired up, you know. Um, and then he he worked on some sponsorship deal. So the next year we got our first late model, and that was that was a joint effort between you know just as far as ownership was Wendell was Wendell's music career was was taking off, and um, you know my parents were helping out where they could, and then. Ted Green was his name with Modern Management. He had got like Mack trucks and some other stuff. The Tony Stewart Foundation was actually on my car, and we had a radio station in Nashville. Yeah, which one? Uh, uh, we actually had several over the years, but it was 103. Yeah, I think it was WKDF. Oh, KDF. Yeah, I remember KDF. Yeah. You know, back in the day, KDF was a hell of a rock station. They play country music yeah. now, I think. Really? Yeah. Well, see yeah. if you oh, if, yeah. if was, you mention anything about was, radio, <laughs> I'm gonna perk up. <laughs> I've got the guy sitting next to me that is Mr. Radio Extraordinaire. So. Forty three years in the radio business. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Make sure if you say anything, you're true about it because it'll call you out <laughs> in a oh, nice way. I remember way. back in the day, it was like uh, like my grandmother thought that the uh, 103 was like the devil's radio station when it was but it probably it, was it probably lot. was yeah, yeah. And like, she was like that kdf that kdf stands for keep drugs flowing like, yeah. <laughs> That's right. and if you play stairway to heaven backwards it says satan yeah. is the keeper of the gate <laughs> right. is it really? oh, yeah. no that's that's a bunch of crap but okay yeah, that's what well, they used to say about devil rock it sounds good yeah. i like Thank the storyline <laughs> All right. Now well, we, we got off track there, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you, you got a late model going there. You got some sponsorship. You got the, uh, how was that? The Devil Rock? Rock of the Devil? KDF is your sponsor? Yeah. 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 Devil okay. Rock. Devil Rock. And um, how does the late model career go then? So, I think um, it was going pretty good. We actually were sponsored some by Dodge at the time, too, because we were still keeping the Dodge guy, we were still friends and kind of keeping him a part of our team. So he was get, getting us, you know, Dodge was definitely uh, making a big presence in NASCAR. So they were actually sending us motors down um, to the shop that we were using. They were starting their crate motor deal and we would go out and no joke, we would either win. I think we won the third race out. It was the first race in the Dodge motor that I had. We won, was my first late model race, which was such a huge deal for us you know um and then you would go the next race and if you it either blow up or you'd win i mean no joke it was they had so much power but they vibrated real bad and they were they were air freighting those from like canada to our shop like they'd drop them off in a van um and and so but we finally ran ran out of motors in the year that's like i think we won four or five times that year which was a really good year for us first time in late model in late model racing um we just couldn't we, – we were out of the points deal because we uh, 
blew up so many motors, you know, like I said. So right. that was definitely and, – and at that time, too, like, I was really working hard on setup stuff. You know, I was learning. I was um, just trying to learn a little more each time and getting with some different people that had been racing, you know, older school guys. There was a guy named – James Butchery, that was his his brother Wade had had won a couple of track championships and just trying to work on, you know, the the setup side as much as I could. I would say as much as the the driving side because I was doing a lot of online racing at the time. You know, back then, Wendell was a big online racer, and and I really felt like that that's one thing that helped me excel faster. Is I didn't know anyone else around me that online raced at the time, but. We hit it hard, Willie. What you, what year would that have been? You think, or what era, time? I mean, what, um, I didn't. Two thousand four. Two thousand four. An online racing was big in two thousand four, huh? It was. I've never online raced. I'll be honest yeah. with you, and that's maybe why I'm not as good as others. But uh, I, I didn't, I, I, I didn't, I didn't know what back that far. Either. I'm not good at video games. Yeah, so, yeah. But, but I mean, you know, they. I mean, they use the simulators these oh, days yeah, all the no, time, they, right? They all use it now. So they must have sure. come a long way. Yes. I'm just saying. Yeah, so Wendell was actually racing with Russ Thompson. Russ Thompson is a, a stats guy for the IndyCar Series and NBC, and uh, they were doing it in the late 90s. They would call into something called – it was like they would call into – I don't know if it was called Hawaii or they actually called into Hawaii, but they definitely – they raced all the time. But, but that's what, you know, like just being able to online race and – we couldn't afford to, to, you know, rent the track much at all and being able to put yourself in different situations that you're like, you'd actually be out there racing. And then that situation would come that you had just been in an online race. Like, Oh wow, this, I know what to do here. It's just crazy that you can, the stuff you can prepare yourself for that didn't even really think back then. Cause nobody was talking about it back then. Yeah. We talk now and then, you know, is it racing funny, you know, as you grow up in the sport, as you think you're growing up in the sport, as a driver, as a chassis man, a crew chief, all combined, up until recently, we didn't have coaches. You know, Jeff, we never yeah. had a driver's coach, somebody to say, hey, you're doing this wrong or you need to do this better. And it was like, learn by the seat of your pants, man. That's how it's Literally. How, That's yeah. It. And I, oh, yeah. Or my dad would be like, why in the world did you do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that's that's it, it happens pretty quick out there on the racetrack. You ain't got, yeah. you got a split second to go, oh, yeah. left or right or up the middle. Well, I was just listening <laughs> last week, actually, a few drivers in the Xfinity series talking about how they're working with uh, Joss Weiss and uh, Scott Speed on some development program and physical fitness program. They discuss the races every week, and it's like, wow. Well, I, ne I never had anybody do that to me. They Told me I ran good or run like crap. I one see, or the other. That, I see <laughs> that in your very near future, Mike. You should be a, you should be a driver's coach. <laughs> yeah. All right. So so we'll get off of that and let's come right back and pick up with Willie Allen. We'll take a time out here, Coach. Okay. You're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, powered by My Race Pass and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the Speed Sport Podcast Studios. You're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace. My name is Jeff Kent. We're brought to you today by Brady Mechanical Services, HVAC install, maintenance and repair, Brady Mechanical Service at gmail.com. We're racing. We're writing country songs. We're listening to Devil Rock. We're talking to Willie Allen. And once again, here's Mike Wallace. Well, through all that, Willie, we're up to uh, the late model world where you won four or five races. All the other races, the thing blew up on you, but you won half a season. You got a little bit of support going on. You got some uh, famous people in the music world liking what you're doing. And where do you go from there? You were just talking about the online racing that you were doing. And what's the next step? Yeah, so, you know, yeah, I'm online racing a lot. And uh, so Ted Green, my, my manager, um, you know, he got with Eddie Jarvis and, and General Motors was having a – they were having a test, um, like, for, for driver development and trying to find new drivers for their program. And uh, so – I got invited to do a test at Caraway. I think there was probably 20 other drivers out there. Um, it was a deal where basically you went out and made a few laps, and they run through a couple of changes, and then you put a set of stickers on, you made a qualifying run, and you made a 40-lap run. So uh, I'd never drove I'd never drove radials before at all, so I was a nervous wreck, and I'd never been to Caraway. So I remember us – we. We were definitely probably low on funding at that time still, but we still made a trip over to Caraway and I raced before that test in a in a late model. Um, I remember us making a one day trip out of it and was we didn't sleep going or coming, but yeah. we 
that my parents wanted to make sure I got some laps and Wendell and and so we did that and then uh got ready for that test deal and uh went out there and I actually I turned the fastest lap of anybody at the test I know Eric Almarola was there um I can't remember who else there was some guys that raced too Stephen Light and so there was like 20 guys who were winning races all over the country I remember they put out a list deal before and I was a nervous wreck but I remember throwing up before I went in the truck and I remember about lap 30 just tensing up so bad. I knew it was going really good. And then when I got out of the truck, I threw up. Um, Boy, you, so you and Noah Grayson have a lot to get yeah. in common there, right? Yeah, I have a weak stomach. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that deal, they, um, you know, after that deal, the Chevrolet was, was excited and they, they put me in the 47 truck at Martinsville um, for that race. So I went there. Um, my first race running with Randy Goss and Morgan Dollar Motorsports and finished finished sixth in my first race at Martinsville and uh, in a truck after that test deal. And it was kind of all lining out with Chevy. And uh, it's like, man, I, you know, I felt like I'm in. You know what I mean? I was like, going to say, you thought all, everything was from roses from there on out, right? I mean, yeah. Yep. So, like, I was going to run Phoenix and with the same team. And uh, Atlanta was the weekend before. And I was watching the race, and Bobby Labonte was was racing the 47 truck, and he was in the top three to five, I don't know, but coming off turn four, they they wrecked him and totaled, just totaled the truck out. So I got the call the next Monday that I that I couldn't go race the Phoenix deal. So uh, I actually wound up going, but it was with a it was a terrible <laughs> terrible situation. It was not that same deal. Mm-hmm. So so after that, I'm like. Oh man, what in the world? So I go back to Nashville and Chevy's trying to find some stuff, but you know how that is sometimes. I mean, it's just hard to, to find the right deal because I had no money, you know? And, uh, were, were they, uh, we talk about development deals now and then on the show. At that time, was Chevrolet putting you in something? I mean, were they saying, hey, we're going to put you here? Or were they saying, hey, Willie, we got an opportunity if you got a little bit of money? How was no, it they, back there? they were, they were, you know, doing the motors and, and trying to find legit, legit stuff, you know. Okay, um, so you were just going to be the driver. You were going. Yeah, I yeah. think, I think, you know, like the city of Nashville came on board for that race for like some really, really small amount, um, just because they didn't have anything else on the truck. But, but no, they were, they were a big help on on that deal. Um, but then after, after the Phoenix deal, kind of, I, you know, didn't hear anything. So I go back to Nashville. And, um, I'm racing, racing late models again, you know, trying to work on setups and trying to do anything I can. And, um, I get a, I think we won the the NASCAR points deal at the track that year and won several races. And then I get a call from Fitz Bradshaw deal. Wendell had knew Wendell had known them. And, um, so I don't know if, I think one of the songwriters that Wendell wrote with a lot actually was dating one of Terry Bradshaw's daughters. Good so, connection. Yeah, that works. He's got yeah, plenty of money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so got with got with Terry and Armando Fitz, and they got me to come run Memphis. It kind of worked out to run their second car in Memphis, and uh, had never been there before. And so I just went down there and run the, run the car there and qualified fourth. I think they had like 50 cars or something. So my first ex Bush Xfinity race had qualified fourth and they were like stunned. You know, they didn't even have a, a pit crew ready. So, um, I mean, I was shocked too. It was down, I had the pole to like 38 cars probably. You know had. what year was that? Because I think I was there and I, I, I remember that if you want to know the truth, I remember because you stunned everybody. I was, uh, I think it was 06 and that was, man, I bet I raced Memphis on, on the simulator deal. It was NASCAR 2003. I think, uh, there's no telling how many million laps I made. <laughs> okay, yeah, you were, you were ready is what you were saying. I tried anyway, you yeah. know I mean? It's a little different here and there, but I definitely, it was, was close and it, you know I mean? It's, it's definitely helped. And then, uh, the first pit stop, I think I came in in the top, top 10 somewhere. And, uh, they change the right side tires. The right rear changer comes around, and the gas guy sticks the gas 
can in his helmet. Oh, shit. Like the opening of his helmet and dumps fuel all over him. Oh, my God. Yeah. No bueno. So that's a disaster. <laughs> you know, I, I go out dead last or lose a lap, and it's just that they have to find more picker guys. It's just a disaster from from then on, you know. <laughs> but, you, but you were able to show everybody you were fast. You yeah. knew how to get around yeah. the place from a driver's standpoint. Uh, yeah. And so you got done at Memphis, and then what's the next step, the next option at that point? So after the day at Memphis, uh, David Pepper had called me from Thor Sport and he said, hey, you know, we saw what you're doing. And like, you know, you ran good at Martinsville with Morgan Dollar. And, hey, do you, you want to come up and see us, you know, and after Phoenix? Because after that, then uh, Terry Bradshaw called and wanted me to run Phoenix and I ran that, and I'm there's me and Mike Skinner were racing, racing Phoenix, and they had fired a couple of crew chiefs or something. I don't know, but anyway, I actually wound up making the race a decent start, and, and Mike, for whatever reason, didn't didn't make the race that day, and it was just a mediocre day. But definitely, we were off that you know that weekend. But you know, went to then after that, me and uh, Ted Green went to uh, went to Thor Sport in Sandus- Sandusky, Ohio, to, to meet with Duke Dorson and, and David Pepper. Um, to talk about, you know, 2007. We talked about this on the show before. We talked with Matt Crafton, and I said, Duke Thorson's the only car owner I still to this day have never met in this in any form of racing. He's like, he's the <laughs> mis- mystery guy that uh, you never see, you never hear of, or at least I haven't. And, uh, and Crafton, when you just said his name, Crafton says, oh, yeah, he just shows up, sits in the grandstands half the time. No kidding? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Most so, of all the races, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, so did you get to go with Thor Sport then at that point, or not? Yeah. So I went up there, and met with him and uh, and Duke, and um, I was working at. So I was still working this whole time. I was working a regular job. Um, so I have a, a degree in computer programming, but um, the job that I could get with that could make as much money as reading gas meters in Nashville. <laughs> so I was reading gas meters in Nashville. Um, full time and doing some service work at the gas company, um, you know, because my, my uncle was a, a my boss up there and got me a good job there and with good benefits, you know, as as um, I don't know back then or now, but you know, my whole family's oh you got to have benefits. It's all about insurance and then four hundred one k. So that you know, I was they, the, they were the pretty perfect. honest with you just to let you know. Yeah. <laughs> that is kind of you important. Know, it was <laughs> Perfect job for a family. You know, I was, you know, married at the time, didn't have kids yet. But anyway, I was still working there at the gas company through all this, through the races I ran. And they were very good about letting me get off and went and met with with Duke and, and David in late late November, I think. And then so I came back and didn't hear anything from him till like I actually called him in January. I just called Duke. I was like, I'm just going to give this one more shot because I like this not going to happen and told him, you know, just give me a shot. He said, "Okay." Like I remember him saying on the on the phone that day, "Like, okay, well, let's do it." And I was like, "It was crazy that it just kind of happened." We'd been trying over emails and all this stuff and meetings, but yeah, I called him that day, and he's that's what he said. And I remember uh, then telling my parents and all my family's like, "You sure you want to quit this job? You know, <laughs> to, to go run full time? You know, in the truck series and <laughs> and it paid better, you know, the truck series, and but still like." Yeah, family's so conservative, and <laughs> had to tell him you had to go try it. You'd be miserable if you yeah. didn't try it, right? Exactly, for yeah. sure. Yeah, not yeah. many race teams offer a pension plan. You know what I'm saying? No. no. <laughs> the, the, what yeah. are you saying though, Jeff? I, I remember me going through that in back when I first moved down here, and uh, I worked for our family business. My uncle had a deal in vacuum cleaner and janitorial supply business, and I had a really good. I thought deal. it was vacuum cleaners. Our business sucked. <laughs> but uh my whole family worked in it i mean rusty and kenny and myself and you know rusty and kenny had come racing it was like the only way my uncle would let me i I asked for a leave of absence i wanted to take off and go racing for a few months and then decide he said no and i said well i have to quit and he said what do you mean by that i said if i never tried i'll be miserable so willie didn't quit the gas company he would have been miserable there you go. For sure. Right? No doubt. Yeah. Gotta take yep. chances, man. Yep. You gotta take chances. So I'm sorry I interrupted with Once a again, little yep. bit of my story. I'm 
Well, it is well, your show. It is. Well, okay, <laughs> so I can include some of my own stuff in it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. All right. So we're, we're we got to where you're uh, you're going to take this Thor Thor Sport opportunity, and what have they told you? You're going to come race for them full time at that point. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I signed a three year three year deal with them. Um, so started racing that season. You know, it was definitely some learning curves. Um, we had Menards engines. Um, we didn't have an engineer, you know, um, learning curves for me. I felt like learning curves for the team. We could qualify really good. We'd always qualify, man, a, a lot of top five qualifying efforts. Um, it just seemed like we couldn't put it together for the whole race. We, uh, I think we blew 11 engines that year. Um, it was, it was crazy. Um, you know, and then we just, uh, so we started gaining all, they switched engines at the towards the end of the year to ECR stuff. And, um, started gaining on the rookie of the year points toward the end of the year. We had a few good finishes, um, and then just won the rookie of the year that year and was kind of gearing up for the next season. That was the best finish. I think that the 13 truck had had at that point, um, felt like we'd really made some gains the last 10 races of the year and, you know, went to Duke and, you know, ask, you know, re resign my contract for the next year, I think in October, and then went to the award show and won rookie of the year. And then I think a week later, I get a call that I was Shelby Howard had brought a sponsor and I didn't have, I didn't, wasn't bringing any funding and uh, they were going to have to make a change. So that was definitely a, a huge hit and wake up call, you know, <laughs> for sure. Let me guess, they told you it was nothing personal, yeah. just business. Yep. <laughs> so we've so all heard, we've all heard that we've uh, we've all a, been in that meeting for a year now literally a year jeff and i've been doing this show and when we first sat down to do it individually we both have been through the oh man nothing personal it's just business and yeah. we got to make yeah. some changes we're going we in go, a different you know direction yeah. this answer you just give us sucks man that ain't <laughs> yeah. and yeah. most every sure. most every driver that we've had on this show has had that story so uh I feel okay. So Thor Sport, get that behind you. They're telling you, you got to, you know, you're not going to come back there because I got a driver with money. What happens then for Willie Allen? So I go back home. You know, definitely disgusted. You know, obviously, I mean, that's my whole dreams and this and that. I'm like, man, what am I going to do? Blah blah blah. And um, started back racing late models and uh, go on test and. Uh, our late model, you know, things have changed. I hadn't raced late models a couple of years. And then it's like, man, our shocks just don't feel right. We couldn't get exactly what we wanted. No one in Nashville really was doing. I felt like, because I'd worked with Junior Joiner. Junior Joiner has been Matt's crew chief, you know, for years at Thor Sport. And we became really good friends. And he'd showed me a lot of different stuff on shocks. So I'd kind of, over the, the year racing trucks, I spent time with him. Thought he was a super cool person. You know, I thought shocks was really cool. It was kind of. I wouldn't say new, but it was, you know, coming from Nashville, no one really did a lot of shocks. I mean, something like But anyway, went back to Nashville and worked with him some on, on shocks and, and picking his brain and started building a little bit of my own shocks. I'd went to Danny Gill. I don't know if you remember him, crew chief to yeah. Bobby Hamilton racing. Sure. So I'd, yeah, so I'd, I'd raced it kind of back up. I'd raced it. So he asked me to come over and drive their car. Bobby Hamilton Jr. was starting a, an Xfinity team and they were going to run a couple of races. So I actually ran Daytona with them. We made the race. Willie, hold uh, that thought right there. We'll come back. I'd get okay. Wendell back on the line. I'm just saying. We're talking to Willie Allen. <laughs> You're listening to <laughs> Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, powered by My Race Pass and NASCAR Digital Media. Welcome back to the Speed Sport Podcast Studios. You're listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace. My name is Jeff Kent. We're brought to you today by Brady Mechanical Services, HVAC install, maintenance, and repair. Brady Mechanical Service at gmail.com. Willie Allen is on the line. Once again, here's Mike Wallace. All right, Willie. So you'd uh, recapping it. The Thor Sport deal ended. You went back home. You started working on the shock world, as some people refer to it as black magic. You know that Jeff. That's I like what they shock and awe. Shock and awe. Shock and awe <laughs> with some black magic, and uh, then you went to drive somebody's uh, Bush car, Xfinity car at that time, Daytona. Yeah, Bobby Hamlin Jr. Uh, he was he, he partnered up with uh, Earl Sadler out of Nashville. Okay. And they asked me to come drive um, Daytona, 
so we ran there and uh i actually started he had they had a shock guy there and i helped him build a few shocks and, and danny gill had showed me you know how to take apart shocks and, and put it back together and some some odds and ends and so i ran daytona we finished okay and then we went to our next race is going to be national super speedway i think lap four i blew a right front tire in in practice and that ended that deal pretty much um but then went back to the late model side like i said i felt like something we needed was a shock deal to be better so uh I, I rebuilt my first shocks and, and built what I what I needed there, and we went out and just absolutely destroyed the field. I mean, like really big. Sterling was racing there, you know, he was still kind of in his prime on late model driving, and uh, just really was good. And then, so one of my friend, or I actually wasn't a friend then, he is now, but my first shock customer's name was Michael House. I did a set of shocks for him, and he uh, was racing some national, some around, and he won. Um, in his first race he did. And that's where kind of this, I was like, Hey, this might want to be a business. You know what I mean? So started just some more guys saw that I was doing shocks and, you know, they knew that I'd raced at a higher level. You know, I think when you see somebody, you know, that's, that's, that's raced at a higher level or been working at a higher level, right or wrong, you think, you know, you think their stuff's, they know what they're doing or definitely have access to, to resources that you probably don't have access to, you sure. know. That NASCAR, know that that yeah. NASCAR guy's got all the resources. NASCAR. Yeah. And, 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 and money. NASCAR, NASCAR money. Or as, your bro, or as your brother says, yeah, that's what I was going to say. NASCAR <laughs> money. NASCAR <laughs> money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kenny Wallace. <laughs> NASCAR money. Yeah. yeah. So, so that snowballed into doing a lot of shocks for the Nashville area. And then uh, started like, hey, I'm going to try this on dirt. So we started doing a lot of the dirt modified stuff and actually started doing your brother's shocks and Nick Hoffman and a bunch of guys that was winning, um, you know, big races around the country, you know, just definitely blessed the people to, to work with. I had a really good guy helping me there that was really good at social media and selling. He was a lot better talker than I was. So he was out, you know, talking at all these racetracks and he could – I remember his, uh, he would always get on the phone and be like, he would say like, I could hear him in the background, like saying Toyota and shaker rig. Like he would throw out the word shaker rig and stuff <laughs> on the phone, you know, yep. <laughs> just back in the day, that was all new terms for people. So that was, uh, so that was always big, you know, so he, that, he, he was selling the program, baby. Oh yeah. He was on awesome, man. I get him. He's one of the best salesmen that I've seen to this day, you know, so, <laughs> um, but so Saturday was continuing racing. Um, I was doing some some starting park stuff. Um, Brian and Brad Keselowski called me to 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 come help their their program with Bob Keselowski. So I was doing some starting park stuff stuff for that deal, um, and then had qualified really good at several tracks. I think I qualified fourth at national super speedway and then fourth again at Memphis or something like that. And uh, Wayne Day out of Nashville. Um, asked me to drop his car like 17 races the next year and uh, race some for him um, in the Xfinity deal. And Newt Moore was my crew chief there. I worked with Newt. He worked with my little yeah. brother, Kenny, also. So we have all worked with Newt. Yep. yep. So that was a fun deal. Um, I felt like we were kind of gaining on that deal. We qualified seventh and at Bristol ran 11th, which was a small team. Um was running and we didn't have a new set of tires the last <laughs> last stop the same thing at national super speedway had actually had to start and it sounds like a bullcrap story but had to start two laps down at national super speedway and uh new pulled a spring over out on pit road and nascar called him so like you we had to i had to pull the end of pit road um and that was right right after the flood deal in nashville my dad had just died and um, it's kind of a lot of emotions going through that race. So started two laps down, made both laps up and was actually in the top 10 in the last, for the last pit stop. And we didn't have a, a new set of tires there. I think I finished 12th or 13th, but oh, wow. that was a good, a good run. I felt like, and then they introduced the COT car and that kind of shut that, shut that program down. Um, really, um, cause they, they were building their own bodies, hundred percent there and um actually gain on then it basically made all the wings he had you know eight or nine cars and they were all obsolete at that point he bought a cot car but it seemed like by the time we got that thing together you know everyone else was two or three generations ahead and it just just, just, just was a little behind from the start right 
got the start and never could catch up. So he just decided that he just wanted to race something late different. Month. Yep. And I understand, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, so let me fast forward a little bit. And I apologize for doing this. I just don't want to run out of time because, uh, you know, you guys had a career weekend this past weekend at Talladega by winning in, in your own equipment. So through – we know how your career kind of went through and as you were building shocks and chassis guy and you're well-known around the country, literally around the country, for a really good chassis setup shock guy. How did you decide you wanted to own or start your own truck series team? So kind of a real quick deal. I was setting up cars, chassis, and then – so I'd pull down and set up like some kids' cars and go to the track with them. Um, and they would, I could help them get better. You know, I could drive their car and tune it in help work on them. And then, you know, their parents would be like, Hey, why don't you just keep, keep this car up for us? You know what I mean? Keep it here at your shop and kind of manage the deal. So then we switched that over to that helped me build some capital to start building my own cars. So I was, we had a couple of drivers driving our cars and then going into the all American 400, I was racing this girl named Brittany Zamora. She approached me and said she had a sponsor Rackley Roofing that was going to sponsor at the All-American 400. Well, Curtis Sutton called me um, and said, hey, what do you – I'd never talked to him. I, I talked to him once, I think, in my life at Bristol. I was helping Clay Greenfield on a late model. And he called me and said, hey, what do you think about this girl? You know, And I was like, well, I think she's got some talent. You know, And he's like, well, I just wanted to kind of see what your thoughts were before you know, I spent the money to sponsor her. And I knew she was going to drive your car and like what you're doing. You know, see so you guys try to put out a really good effort and – and, and present yourself well at the track. So we put that together, and he comes to the race, and we're standing there talking, and he's like, uh, what do you think about moving your program up and, and going truck racing? And I was like, well, that's that's actually always been a dream to own my own truck team. And he's like, well, let's do it. You know, So, so literally within a month and a half, we – had had trucks man <laughs> so so tell me because i i love hearing these stories because they're great stories because you never know when they're going to happen when he goes no. well let's do it did you know this man well enough did you think he was for real or do you think there was a little bs involved in it or is like no this is real we're going to make it happen what, what what was your in, initial thought when he said let's make it happen man there's something about him and uh, you know meeting him the first time and our connection is as friends, it just, I don't know. I, I, it happened so fast. I never thought it wouldn't happen. I, I can't even explain it. Like, you know how, you, you know how racing is, man. It's just so many ups and downs and so many letdowns and promises, but not once did I, I didn't never think it wasn't going to happen. It was crazy. It's okay, it never okay. had to happen anything, you know? <laughs> well, that's wonderful. So, okay. So now he says, let's make it happen. And a month and a half later, you got some trucks and, Talk us through the start of that program. So we um, was calling around. You know, we found uh, a crew chief, Chad Kendrick. He called around, interviewed a couple of guys. But Chad has just a great attitude. And, he was, you know, it's it was tough at first to get people to even think about moving to Nashville because our team is based out of Nashville. But told told Chad and, and the people we're talking to our goals that we're here to win races. I mean, not saying you're going to win every race by no means, but we care nothing about going out and riding around and not doing a first-class operation. Now, that don't mean we know every answer, but we're sure trying and not skimping on anything. And and Chad's attitude has just been awesome. He's very positive, and I knew he could motivate the guys. And um, so Mike Dean, you know, so going back a few years, we had, had did some work for, for GMS and Spencer Gallagher and actually worked with Michael House and – building a late, couple of late model cars for them and working with Spencer and working with Mike Dean. I'd known him through racing, but I told Mike a few years ago, we tried to do some stuff that I, that I wanted to go truck racing. I told him if we ever did anything that I, I wanted it to be through him, you know? And so I called Mike and, you know, we talked about getting trucks from them and working with them. He's like, he suggested calling Timothy Peters and, and Dane from Chevrolet had also said the same thing. So, so we got we got Timothy Peters to come on board to help help fire off the team and, and Chad Kendrick and GMS trucks and here we go to Daytona for the first time, man. <laughs> ah, there you go. 
Was that what was that feeling like to you as an owner rolling into Daytona? A lot of nerves, excitement, a little bit of everything, or a lot of excitement, a lot of nerves. I don't think I slept the night before qualifying. Um, just so many things that you don't know. You don't know what you you know you don't know yet. You know, right? So like we didn't know what speed we had in the truck at all, and and we we didn't do any drafting runs because we had to make it on time. So we did only single car or single truck. And I think we were like 37th or 39th out of 44. So I'm like, you know, what in the world, you know, we're going to make the show, blah, blah, blah. But we actually went up qualifying 10th. It was well, there <laughs> super you go. Exciting. Great. Yeah. So that was a, that was a big, a big start for us, you know, first year you started this team last year, correct? Yes. Yeah. So, how did last year go? How was the, uh, you know, it was definitely a lot of ups and downs. You know, just like I said, you don't know to get in there, what you don't know, uh, personnel, how to do stuff, how to be better. You know, um, so we started off a little rocky. You know, I don't. Timothy was def was the guy to come in and help us get started, but then it kind of got where it wasn't a good, you know, just wasn't clicking. We had to do something different. We were really struggling. Um, so about May, no, the first of June, I think we switched to Josh Berry. I'd known him for a really long time in online racing. He's from the Nashville area. So, so Josh, do, do you, you know, called. do you remember me calling you asking you to drive your truck? Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Then you threw my number <laughs> in the trash and I hung up. Oh, what, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> what was the answer? I'm guessing no. <laughs> it wasn't a positive answer. At least it wasn't a hell no, was it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, All right, so you had Josh Barry driving a truck. Yeah. And, um, mm -hmm. How did yeah, that so go? Just kept, so his first race, he finished 10th, you know, his first time he'd ran it. Uh, maybe it wasn't first race he'd ran a truck, but his first time he'd ran for us. So that was our first top 10. So that was, that was exciting. Um, and then, you know, uh, had some ups and downs, you know, pit stop problems, you know, just the little things, you know, we had speed, just the little things that, you know, we were fighting, you know, that just, um, you know, a motor problem or this and that and, and finished out the year, had a, you know, a few more good runs. Um, nothing, nothing fantastic. Um, but nothing terrible that De definitely was gaining on it throughout the year. I feel like the whole, the whole year we kept gaining just our average run and stuff. Um, so I had, we're going to say crazy stuff happened. And then, um, you know, Josh got the deal to, uh, to run full time for, for Dell junior this year. So he's like, man, we're going to have to look at getting another driver, you know, cause, uh, we were, we thought we were going to run Josh this year, you know, um, but you know, obviously it's a great deal for Josh. So we think, sure. well, uh, don't, don't blame him in, in any way. So Curtis and I started looking at drivers, you know, we were just running through a bunch of different names and, uh, done through my number away. <laughs> <laughs> I called you didn't answer, man. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna let you stick to that story, okay? <laughs> All right. Uh, but uh, but Curtis said, "Hey, what? I guess Matt, you know, had a had that issue and uh, decided he was gonna uh, little brother was gonna let him go." And Curtis said, "Hey, why don't why don't we call Matt?" I'm like, "You think he'd want to run trucks, you know?" <laughs> so I, I can't remember who I called, Josh or or somebody, maybe. I can't, maybe Brandon Lyons got his number. I can't remember how I got his number, but I, I just sent it to Curtis. Like, I give it a shot. And, and now, so I look at Ian, you know, on Matt, I didn't know kind of what kind of person he was. And, you know, he's running cup and, you know, how, where's his head at and this and that. And me and Chad actually went to his house. We had to run and pick up a truck here in uh, Mooresville and uh, went to his house in Hickory and met with him. And it's like, man, he was like so down to earth and one of the coolest guys ever. And, um, yeah, he decided he wanted to go truck racing, and that was about it. Mean, it was a really simple deal, and here we are, you know. Yeah, well, outstanding. So up to the point you've won this past weekend, how has the 2022 season been going for the Rackley War team? Um, You know, it's definitely up and down. Um, I feel like so we're starting to get more support from from chevy you know as, as we grow um and more engineering support and you know so you know kind of at first i think we kind of went down the wrong path for a minute and then now we're back um and i feel like the last few weeks have been better and i'm really excited for 
for Homestead and Phoenix. I'm over here doing some shock testing now at, with, with GM and, and Cast Tech, running through some stuff, so trying to get ahead of that curve. But, you know, f- we've had speed. We just, same thing, man, had some crazy stuff stuff happen at Charlotte. We were top five all night, cut down two right fronts. The, the, the right front fender got hit against the tire and just some, some crazy stuff, but, you know, had some – had some top several top ten finishes, but obviously you definitely want to be better, man. It's like Curtis and I both are so competitive and <clears throat> it kills us not to compete, you know, week in and week out for wins, you know. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, we're gonna end it with congratulations on winning Talladega. That's big. That, that, isn't that big Jeff Kent? <laughs> I mean huge. that's Talladega, baby. Everybody in the world was watching. All the people in the infield, grandstands are going crazy. You guys got your first win. Now it's just now you know you can do it. So now you you've just set the bar. Yes, yeah. yeah, for sure, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. So uh, more wins. You know, Willie, I want to I want to really thank you and take for taking your time. I know you're busy. You're getting prepped for Homestead, but taking an hour or so out of your day to tell us the Willie Allen story. Really enjoyed it, and I wish you and your team nothing but the best. If I call again, don't throw my number away again. I'm calling for a serious reason. <laughs> well, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah. It's been fun. Absolutely. And, Mike, thanks don't for Don't taking... get so choked up there on thanks that, Thanks for Jeff. taking time from your shuffleboard tournament to, uh, to join us <laughs> oh. for the <laughs> All right. That's, that's a retirement joke, by the way. Oh, okay. Thank you, Willie. You've been listening to Fast Car to NASCAR with Mike Wallace on the Speedsport Podcast Network, powered by My Race Pass and NASCAR Digital Media. We'll see you next week.